0: <laughs> I'm back, folks! I hope y'all missed me last week. I did enjoy being out, but I am back. It was a lovely vacation. I missed seemingly everything. A lot of stuff happened. I tried to make heads or tails of it. Didn't always work, but I tried. Uh, followed the news when I could. I paid attention to what was going on around here. But thankfully, all the big stuff seems to start happening. When I get back, the Supreme Court decided to release. Now, I I have to actually before I get to this, I have to tell you just how biased the media is right now on on this particular story, because it feeds into a narrative that they they they, they really want to latch on to. So the Supreme Court today released its hold. It unfroze a legal challenge against Louisiana's congressional maps. Now, the moment the Supreme Court decided to release that hold, multiple news outlets said Supreme Court forces Louisiana to draw a second majority-minority district. That's not what happened this morning. What happened this morning is that the Supreme Court said, based on this ruling... On this Alabama case, we are releasing the hold on the Louisiana case. Remember, the Supreme Court put a hold on legal proceedings in the Fifth Circuit Court of Appeals over Louisiana's congressional map because they were hearing a similar case on the Alabama map. Now, earlier this summer, Alabama uh, lost in that case. They now have to go and draw a second majority-minority district. Everybody kind of expected The Supreme Court would then maybe rule in the plaintiff's uh, favor for the Louisiana one. But what they did is they just released the case. So now that case goes back to the Fifth Circuit uh, and the arguments will be heard there. The fight continues there. Now, a federal judge in Louisiana has already said Louisiana has to redraw its maps. But now it's in the Fifth Circuit. So the legal fight still continues. The media wants so desperately to follow along with the narrative actually being put out by House Minority Leader Hakeem Jeffries today. Hakeem Jeffries said in a tweet, in a statement today, that it looks more and more like the Republican majority in the House came on the backs of illegal maps. And Hakeem Jeffries is not bright because the Republicans only won the majority, not on the backs of Louisiana, not on the backs of Alabama or anything else. The Republican Party gained a majority in the House on the backs of California and New York. Now, New York in particular is the interesting one because the reason that so many districts were competitive in New York is that the Democrats tried to gerrymander their maps and the court said no. If you go and you look at the popular vote, Republicans still won the House. You look at district by district, Republicans still won the House. Now, how does this affect Louisiana? This is where it gets interesting because you have two schools of thought right now. Scott McKay at the Hayride has a piece actually at the American Spectator who says this is going to continue to be a legal fight, but what you're going to see is an attempt by the courts to force a second majority minority district in Louisiana. Now, there are other conservative activists, black conservatives on social media, several of whom I follow and, and like and respect and listen to who are saying Why not try to win those districts? You can draw a map that is majority minority, but still make it competitive. Why not try to go win that? And it is entirely possible because there's something you need to remember about the Democratic Party and about black voters in Louisiana. Yes, black voters make up one third of Louisiana's population, according to U.S. census data. So if you're looking at it strictly by the math, okay, you're absolutely right. There should be two majority minority districts. But consider how you have to draw the map in order to get that second majority minority district. As McKay points out, the American Spectator, you have to essentially draw a district from Shreveport to Bogalusa to come anywhere close. It looks like a Rorschach test. It is a horrible, it is it is a nightmare of a district to have to draw. And the whole point of the Voting Rights Act was to get rid of racial gerrymandering. But the argument here is that you have to racially gerrymander in order to get rid of racial gerrymandering, which is kind of weird. You're not necessarily diluting the black vote where it is, but by giving a second majority minority district, you're not guaranteeing a loss of a Republican seat, which is what a lot of Republicans and a lot of conservatives are really upset about. They are automatically writing off any minority district as a Democratic district, but keep in mind something I've been telling you for a while, even since before I had this show. The Democrats. Aren't holding on to the black vote as tightly as you think. Remember, Democratic voters. Voters. In the state, their party is run by white trial lawyers. And black Democratic voters have really had enough of it. Black Democratic voters want representation. They want black representation. Now, couple that with what we're seeing trend-wise across the country, and it's not 49 states and not Louisiana, You see it everywhere. Black voters are inherently a little more conservative than than they are often given credit for. Socially, spiritually, black families tend to be a little more conservative. When it comes to Christianity, pretty conservative. When it comes to the importance of family, fairly conservative. And now there are a lot of factors plaguing the black community that they are trying to work on, that they acknowledge are things to work on. But keep in mind, as I've said before, and I will keep saying, one of the easiest ways to win black voters is with education choice, with school choice. Because the teachers' unions and Democratic politicians all want to keep poor, struggling black kids in poor, struggling school districts, in school zones. But if you give them the choice, you give them the freedom to move out of those schools, to make a choice for their child's future, for their child's education, to get them out of situations that lead to negative outcomes, you give them that, you start to win them. You start looking at the data and you realize all the hyper woke child mutilation, super trans stuff that doesn't really fly well in the black community either. There are ways for Republicans to win black voters, but Republicans have repeatedly talked to black voters instead of talking with black voters. The primary Republican talking point to black voters has always been the Democrats promise you everything, but they keep holding you down and you're doing this and you're voting with your pocketbooks and you're making the wrong choices and this. And the Republicans lecture Democratic voters for making bad choices. The Republicans are rarely offering a positive talking point. I understand what's happening in your child's school. I understand what's happening in the streets here. I understand these problems, these social outcomes that you don't want for your child. I want to help you pull them out. I want to help you send them to a great school. I want to help you send them to the right place. I want to help you get your child on track to have a better life than you led. There is... Barely any of that. And there is constant lecturing. One of the biggest tropes on the right when it comes to writing about race issues has always been, you want to talk about gun violence, but you never talk about young black men killing each other. You think they don't know? You think black voters don't know that young black men are more at risk of killing each other than any other race? You think they don't know that they disproportionately make up a huge chunk of the prison population? They are aware of all that. You're not offering them solutions. You're just saying, well, clearly our way is better because the Democrats haven't done anything for you. That doesn't win votes. You need to go into black communities and you need to actually sit down and listen to the issues and listen and talk with them and discuss the ideas and figure out how to get there. A second majority minority district doesn't mean an automatic Democratic seat. In fact, if the trend lines law across the rest of the country are any indication, now is possibly the best time to do it. But that requires a lot more effort than the Louisiana Republican Party and Louisiana Republicans want to put into it. They don't want to go into black communities and talk about this stuff. They don't want to go into black communities and hear these ideas. They just don't. And so what you end up with is a group of voters that are tired of the party they've been supporting because it's run by a bunch of rich trial lawyers who talk down to them and take their vote for granted. And then they look to the other side and the other side doesn't want to engage with them at all. Not very hard to figure out which way they're going to go. At least one side pretends to listen. 232-1542 is the number. Send a message to the KPEL app chat. Glad to be back with you guys. I will be returning after this break here on News Talk 96.5 KPEL. Welcome back to the Joe Cunningham Show here on News Talk 96.5 KPEL 232-1542. If you want to be part of the conversation. Okay, I need... uh, So I... I went to Oklahoma. I went to Broken Bow. Everybody's been talking about Broken Bow for a a couple years now. And uh, we decided, you know what, we're going to do it. And so took a trip. It was a big family trip. My parents, my siblings, uh, my sister's husband, her two kids, my wife, my two kids, all of us rented a big, uh, big house in a little town outside of Broken Bow. Very little cell phone reception. But despite it being hot, um, there was a great day of golf. Me, my brother, my dad, my brother-in-law. And there was a great day. I had to send moon pictures. Great day of fishing, um, catching trout in some of the the rivers and spillways leading away from the big uh, lake. It was gorgeous. Uh, Rented a pontoon boat, uh, drove around the lake. Uh, all sorts of great fun. Highly recommend it because I I like the beach. I like sitting on the beach. I like reading. I like I am absolutely a fish when it comes to water. I like being in the water. But there was a whole lot to do. I thought I might do some writing at Red State and at KPL nine six five. You know, during the downtime, there was no downtime. Um, I ended up cooking for uh several of the nights we were there. Uh. The LSU game was on, so there was drinking LSU game. I was cooking burgers and hot dogs and steaks on different nights. Uh, did the fishing thing, brought the trout back. I need to cook that probably sometime this week or early next week uh, just to just to cook that, that beautiful speckled trout we caught. But uh, I highly, highly recommend, if you don't do it very often, if you get the chance, going away and not paying attention to the news and stuff. I was very relaxed. Um, I was aware of the Hunter Biden stuff, the the pleading guilty to charges and the charges being kind of nothing compared to what he's accused of, the whistleblower, all I was aware of most of that. Uh, but there was no compulsion to really get down and follow it because I was on vacation. Now, this weekend I did do a lot of reading and and stuff like that, but uh thankful that today is when all the major news I needed to pay attention to broke uh we had the the congressional map thing uh you know if you want to call in and talk about that 232-1542 is the number send a message through the KPL app uh but when we come back big local news today uh LPSS superintendent Armatros Claire has announced that she is resigning effective July 20th and i want to talk about that Because that is big news and has a big impact on local education. And, you know, that's kind of a thing for me. 232-1542 is the number. Billy, I see you on the app. It's good to be back. Thank you very much. If you want to chat on the app, open up the KPEL app, hit the chat button, hit general message, talk to me there. I'll be back in just a moment here on News Talk 96.5 KPEL. Glad to be back with y'all. It has been a long week. Thank you very much to Mark Pope for filling in those last few days, ran best ofs Monday and Tuesday. And I think Mark filled in Wednesday through Friday. So thank you very much to him. Of course, there was no shortage of things to talk about, but, uh, there is now that I'm back because I, I appreciate everybody waiting until I got back for the big news to break. Uh, there is a big story in local education news that I want to get to. Uh, LPSs superintendent Armatros Claire announced today that she is resigning effective July 20th. We got the story up at kpl965.com you can see uh if you get the email alerts if you've signed up for those cuz you've created an account um you've signed up on our website or, or through our app you get the email alerts it'll be the lead story there um she's been in the job since 2020 and like immediately upon taking the job was hit with COVID-19 as a crisis that as a superintendent, she had to navigate and Trosclair's Claire's office with the school board, with the folks working under her managed to navigate that crisis. And despite what other districts in the area did or did not do, Lafayette Parish grew in the post... We showed growth through the post-COVID era. Uh, There has been a lot of growth. There is now an expectation at central office for LPSS. The district's going to be an A district this year. There's been that much growth that the district will be an A district, which is a great, great thing. Um... I don't have a whole lot of information other than there is no scandal or anything uh, from the folks I've talked to. There's uh, there's 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 nothing sinister behind the scenes here. Um, Trost Clare said in the announcement to uh, faculty and staff that was sent today uh, being with families most important. Uh, and I, I'm told to take that at face value. What's important here is that Lafayette has shown growth, educationally speaking. There have been ups and downs. There have been some rocky uh, some rocky times. COVID, again, was just a nightmare for everybody involved. Had no idea really had how to navigate that, but the school board did the best they could. And I know there are a lot of teachers who are disgruntled. I think that's one of the big things that has gone unaddressed, if I'm being honest, is that teacher morale is a lot lower than uh, perhaps it should be, but there have been a lot of things going on in the backgrounds and teachers just kind of aren't a funky place right now. And I think that needs to be one of the things that's addressed uh, going forward by LPSS is kind of getting, you know, the temperature of the room with the teachers, not with unions, not with union reps, Not with organizations representing, but the actual teachers. Like, sit down, get the temperature of the room. What do teachers have issue with? What do they need? That sort of thing. Because the scores are fine. The scores are going up. Things are looking good in that regard. There are issues with staffing. There are issues with numbers in the classroom. There are ways to fix that, some of which are expensive, some of which they just you just got to do it. But trust, Claire, is going to take a lot of flack, especially from folks inside the system, especially some of those teachers, because there's always a big division between the administration, central office, and and what happens at the school level. Um, but overall, the results in the district, as far as, as scores are concerned, Trostclair's had a successful run. The superintendent has had a successful run, and of course, you know, before her there was some drama. But you know, two superintendents ago, then you had the the previous superintendent who's now a member of the school board. Um, but overall, you can say LPSS is in a better place. You would not be wrong. But the next step forward for LPSS. And again, this is somebody who worked just shy of a decade in a public school here in Lafayette Parish. The next thing, and I don't I don't know what the solution is, but the next thing that, that I think the administration here, whether it's her before she leaves, whether it's the folks coming in behind her, the next thing that needs to happen is not, it, it's not a, here's the plan, here's what we're doing. It needs to be a sit down with, okay, what do you guys need? What's the issue? What's the temperature of the room? What can we fix? If we can't fix it, here's why. Transparency on that. All of it. But the teacher crisis has never really gone away. There's always been a teacher shortage. There's always been fewer teachers than we've had the you know the ability to have good numbers in the classroom, a good teacher-student ratio. And there's a lot of teacher burnout. COVID did a number on teacher burnout. And things are tough. And the teachers do need to be heard on this. Again, I don't think it's anything this administration did to the teachers. Other than maybe in some cases, some people being in charge at slightly lower levels it shouldn't have been. But it's nothing it's nothing at the top that they did. It's an absence of a voice at the table. The next thing that they need to do, that they really need to do, is get the temperature of the room among teachers. Because I can tell you right now, there are a lot of teachers that are disgruntled, there are a lot of teachers that are unhappy. This year, this coming year, is going to be a big one on that because we are now safely removed from the COVID stuff. We now have enough of a gap. We have scores that are starting to come in in a true post-COVID era. And now things need to get back on track. Kudos to Armatros Claire, A very successful, you look at the numbers, a very successful run as superintendent of Lafayette Parish School System, uh, Good luck to her in whatever she decides to do next. I get the feeling she's not done with education, but there's just some time off that's needed. But uh, kudos to her for the the job she's done, and I'm looking forward to seeing what the next administration is going to do. All right, 232-1542, if you want to be part of the conversation, uh, shout out to, let's see, looking at the app chat, Brian, um, the name of the cabin, it was a VRBO Ours was the three little bears cabin, and this was out this was uh outside of Hochatown, oklahoma um near the washita national Forest, uh near the Choctaw nation um three little Bears cabin it had plenty of space, four master bedroom suites it had an outdoor game room that also had bunk beds in it. There were bunk beds inside the main house it was it was just huge there was a lot of us there and it was huge but uh absolutely brilliant setup um and most of the cabins in that area I think are kind of similar to that they're not built the exact same but they're kind of similar to that uh but we really we really enjoy that so Brian uh three little bears cabin uh just outside of Hocha town Oklahoma uh in broken bow uh Joey you have a safe trip uh I see where you say you're going I'm going uh, myrtle I, I've heard great things Myrtle Beach um I, I do want to Savannah, Charleston, Myrtle Beach. Um, my next trip, the next time I'm leaving you guys is in August. And I'm going to Atlanta. There is a conference there. My buddy Eric Erickson has got a national syndicated show. He's having a conference there. He will have most of the presidential candidates on the Republican side there. I'm hoping to score some interviews with them so that you guys, they can talk directly to y'all. Uh, but that's my next trip. I unfortunately won't be going to, uh, to Myrtle Beach or, or Charleston. I really want to spend time in South Carolina. That's the next trip I really think I want to take, is to go to South Carolina. One, uh, for barbecue purposes, but two, uh, because of the history, and also I, I've heard it's very beautiful. So I want to do that as well. Um, let's see, Billy, Joey, uh, Brian, thank y'all for chatting on the app. If you want to chat on the app, download the KPL. If you don't have the KPL News app, you need to get it. Okay. Download the KPL News app. Uh, when you do, there's a little button in the top right corner, a little chat-looking button. Uh, you tap that and you hit General Message. You can send a message, and I will see that. I like you just heard. I read them on the air. I comment on the air. I will probably comment during the break as well. So that, because uh, I like the conversation with y'all. I mentioned that before. I, I like conversing with y'all. I like kind of building the community here on the show. Uh, but that's also why at the end of the show I say, you know, you can find me on Twitter. at Joe P. Cunningham. Facebook.com slash Joe Cunningham Show. Uh, email joe at redstate.com. You can find me there. You can find me on the app chat. Uh, I, I do enjoy conversing with y'all because I, I think one of the things that we we miss in society right now is direct conversations with each other. And yeah, digital conversation isn't as good as in-person communication, but, I mean, there are things that you and I don't always agree with. We had, what, a week or so, two weeks ago, we, we had a conversation that, you know, a lot of y'all were not happy with what I was saying. But there are times that it's that way. I know that there are people who listen to my thing on, I think Arma Trost-Clair did a good job uh, leading LPSS. There's teachers out there who want to disagree with me fundamentally on that. And that's fine. We'll have those conversations too, but I like conversing with y'all on all that. Okay, I'm going to go ahead and take a break a little bit earlier than normal. When we come back, I want to talk about one of the most important subjects I'll ever talk about on the show, which is pizza and barbecue. I'll explain more of that when we get back from this break, plus your calls, 232-1542. If you want to be part of the conversation, be back in a moment right here on News Talk 96.5 KPL. Welcome back to the Joe Cunningham Show here on News Talk ninety six point five KPL two three two fifteen forty two. If you want to be part of the conversation, uh, so for Joey, uh, no, no, I'm sorry, Brian, and uh, some of the other folks who might have been wondering, um, the cabin we stayed in was Three Little Bears Cabin. Uh, it's part of the group Beaver's Bend Creative. So Beaver's Bend is uh, one of the areas around Broken Bow. Um, beautiful, beautiful space. Uh, and this cabin, uh, sleeps 20. There are three bunk beds kind of built into the wall between two of the master bedrooms. There is, uh, there are two washers, two dryers there. There's a game room with, uh, six more bunk beds in it. Plus a couch that kind of, that lays down. There are four master suites. Uh, it's a, it's a five bed, five and a half bath situation. Uh, so plenty of space. If you've got a big group that's traveling, highly, highly recommend it. Plus they had a nice little covered, uh, patio area with an outdoor TV. That's where we watched LSU playing, uh, through the college world series. Um, hoping tonight goes better than last night. Uh, but it was a fun trip. However, I have to get probably to the biggest controversy of the day. The best pizza that you can have is pizza that is cooked in a wood-fired oven. Of this, I have no doubt. Wood-fired ovens are simply the best. New York City has phenomenal pizzerias. The pizza shops in New York are amazing. I've been to New York a few times. I love the pizza there. New York City's government is forcing restaurants to stop their wood or coal-powered pizza ovens and switch to greener pizza ovens. They want you to sacrifice the quality of a good pizza their cult that is wrong you know the the folks of austin texas where among other places you've got franklin's barbecue some of the best brisket you can ever get aaron franklin is a genius when it comes to barbecue the fine folks of the austin city government in texas are trying or have been trying to convince people to get rid of their barbecue pits Because burning coal and wood is all sorts of nasty green, uh, nasty anti-green, environmentally challenging uh, cookery. And I'm sorry, you will have to pry lump charcoal and post oak out of my cold dead hands before you convince me to stop using wood and charcoal when I'm grilling smoking, whatever. I want a pizza oven. I want one of like those little, uh, those little unis that like two, $300, but they have coal and wood fired ones that you can, you can just have it on a table out in the back and you just put your pizza in like 90 seconds. It's done because it gets so hot in there, but the, the fire is coming and it provides good direct heat and smoke to the pizza. It gives it, the best flavor and the best cooking you can give it. But the environmentalist cult who said they weren't coming for your gas stoves, but want to come for your gas stoves are also coming for good, authentic pizza and coming for good, authentic barbecue. They want your life to suck so that their cult can be happy. But the thing is, their cult will never be happy because as long as we exist, we our original sin is breathing to the climate cult. The very fact that we put out carbon dioxide is itself a sin. Our lives should be made to suffer so that the environment can be saved. According to the cult of climate change. It is absolutely ridiculous. And I think it's for a a movement for a progressive movement that claims to be all about diversity and inclusion. And I'm not being flippant here. You are doing a good job of pissing off Italian Americans by telling them they can't cook their pizzas authentically. You are making a very serious mistake when you're pushing for these ridiculous policies that won't have much of an impact on the environment at all. Because you know, it has a bigger impact on the environment than a bunch of people that have wood fired uh, pizza ovens and wood fired grills. The obscenely rich white progressives who fly their private jets everywhere to lecture us about that, who take their yachts across from port to port and yet espouse these cult of climate change ideas is the climate changing could be. I tend to think there is some change in the climate, but it's not as human generated as the left wants you to think it is. And that climate change is much more cyclical than it is something that we directly can impact. Allison on the app points out that uh, apparently there will be a grandfather clause for pizzerias already in existence in New York. Well, I guess that's something. Hopefully that's the case. But man, can you imagine the absolute rioting there would be if they tried to shut down pizzerias or if a pizzeria tried to renovate and tried to get a new wood fire pizza oven? And they're not allowed to. There would be riots. Allison, thank you very much for reaching out. Brian, Mark, Teton, all of y'all who are reaching out. You guys have a great day. Talk to you again soon. I'll be back in 23 hours. In the meantime, Shannon is offsides next here on News Talk 96.5 KPEL. Follow me on Twitter at Joe P. Cunningham, Facebook.com slash Joe Cunningham show. Email Joe at RedState.com. Check out the podcast version of the show, which is back going live in just a few minutes. You guys have a great one. Go enjoy some pizza or barbecue. Talk to you again soon.